0: Welcome to the BAMCam with Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we explore how life and financial well being are intertwined. We'll look into areas concerning motivation and attitude, financial planning, investing, and much more. Our goal is to empower you with the information and resources you need to help manage your money and strive towards the life you've always wanted. So sit back, relax, and join us on this journey of uncovering your true self and achieving financial independence.
1: Welcome to the Bam BAMCAM podcast with your hosts, Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hello and welcome to the two of you.
2: Good morning, Wendy.
1: Hi. How's everybody feeling today?
2: Very good. Excited. Very
1: excited. Oh, good. Me too. So I have to get this out of the way. I have to ask what's up with the bam cam. Come on. Tell us what's that about.
2: We, when we first started thinking about a a podcast in, in in a general sense, one of my friends that I mentioned this to a fellow advisor said, Oh, Burnett asset management, Castellano asset management. That's the bam camp. And it just <laughs> resonated. It stuck. And I, and I thought, wow, that's kind of catchy. It's a little different. And, you know, we're in the asset management business. And so there we go.
1: <laughs> I love it. I think it sounds awesome. So, um, let's start with Allison. Allison. Uh, how did you make this decision to get into this industry? Okay, so I was a
3: teacher for 10 years. I've taught high school French and math and some middle school math there towards the end of those 10 years. Um, And what I loved about teaching was working with students, watching them learn and grow during their time with me. So when it came time to look at a career change, I knew I wanted to do something where I could still work with people and still be the educator that I truly am inside. So I could help people learn and grow. So I still, I'm I'm still doing that as a financial advisor. I'm still that inner educator.
1: How about you, Jack?
2: To how I came into this business or? Yes. Or, okay. Well, let me co- back up a little bit. One thing about Allison coming into this business, if I could could add this, I had a succession plan already in place. And, and, and But when Allison was looking at career changes, she was exploring everything outside of education and not including th- this business as a financial advisor. And it just dawned on me one day that maybe she might be interested in doing this and which could also then change ultimately, not that I wanna retire anytime soon, that she could be part of my succession plan, so I actually talked to my wife about that first to see what she thought before because I ever mentioned is it to your Allison. Your daughter,
1: yeah. Allison is my daughter. Yeah. So yes. I, yeah. So I don't I, know if we made that apparent, but yes, you guys are related.
2: We yes. we are, and and have been for Allison's entire life. <laughs> so so and and so anyway it dawned on me that maybe this would be a good place for her to take her career to the next level. This was a second career for me as well. I began my career as a CPA, um, and after several years in public accounting uh, with a large firm, I realized that what I enjoyed in school, I did not like as much in, in, as a vocation, so I explored other opportunities and found myself getting into healthcare sales, uh, first in pharmaceutical sales, and then secondly, in, into hospital equipment sales. Uh, that ultimately led me into a corporate development role using some of my accounting and financial background into working on acquisition deals in healthcare, structuring, you know, I would say, small scale merger and, and uh, acquisition activity working on deals that ranged anywhere from like 10 to $150 million size deals. And I was a road warrior. I traveled all over the country. Allison was, was young in those days. This was mostly in the nineties and I was spending hundred to 150 nights away from home per year. We were in a two career household. Uh, That was challenging for my wife. It was hard on my kids. Uh, and it was hard on a hard life for me but i loved it so i decided i wanted to change careers in my 40s and so a little over 20 years ago somebody suggested that i become a stockbroker <laughs> and um which is what people like us were called back then kind of old fashioned now but i explored that and ultimately went to work for Merrill Lynch at that point, which brought me into this industry.
1: Yeah. When you say stockbroker, it just, you know, it makes me think of Michael Douglas and Wall Street and yelling <laughs> with the paper and
2: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
1: So did you ever get to do that? Yelling with the paper?
2: No. <laughs> no.
1: I want to do that. It sounds like so much fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, but no. But that no. was a good movie.
1: It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So who is it that you work with? Like, do you have what you would call a specialty?
2: I Well, initially, <laughs> when I got into the business, I worked with, because my wife was a pharmaceutical representative, I had a, a niche that was working with a lot of pharmaceutical representatives, people I already knew. I came into this business with a, a list of contacts and uh, somewhat of what we, the old time term would be a Rolodex that I came into this business with. So I worked with people I knew, and a lot of them were pharmaceutical representatives. And so I had a, a niche there. And probably today, a third or maybe close to half of my book of business has some ties back to that industry. However, the the world is changing a little bit. And with Allison coming on There's some opportunities to work with younger generation of clients. And Allison, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're doing?
3: Yeah, so one of the things that we're going to launch in our practice is a subscription model. And I really want to work with individuals and young families who are still working and trying to save and build wealth. For their futures hoping that that subscription model will pull them in they don't really have assets yet to manage but want to accumulate those assets so that's what we're working on Yeah, you
2: know, they the, to to elaborate on that a little bit studies have shown um and there's a lot of studies that are being done here on the differences between different generations most advisors out there today work with gathering assets to manage and and that's how they've built their business. And I'm no different in what I have done historically. However, that is mostly working with people in the greatest generation or baby boomers because that's where the concentration of wealth is today. However, there's going to be a huge wealth transfer over the next 20 years or so. A lot of studies are, are indicating that Gen X, Gen Y, and, and Gen Z, they're, those people want to have a roadmap. They want to have guidance. They want to have somebody helping them make wise financial decisions, but they don't control a great portion of the wealth today. So these people also have the studies indicate that they are interested in, in paying for financial advice. Well, historically in this industry, someone asks you to manage their money and then we give you the advice for free as part of managing that money. We're gonna look at doing this and having a a part of our practice that Allison is going to be in charge of, focusing on younger people that want to have guidance and handholding and want to pay for that Or about the price of a Starbucks a day.
1: So the difference then is between the subscription and how it's been traditionally is it's more ongoing.
2: Well, perhaps that, but you don't, you you don't have any kind of disqualification based on how much or how little you have under uh, to invest.
3: There are some, there are some advisors out there that refuse to work with anyone that have that has less than half a million to invest or more or more. I got, Sometimes I got more. something in the mail. Yeah.
2: I got something in the mail Friday from Vanguard of all places. And it was for their advisory services. And it said, if you have 5 million or more to invest, please contact Vanguard. <laughs> I was blown away. Wow.
1: Yeah. I guess that's a big, yeah. uh, deterrent for a lot of people that, that they won't be able to take advantage of the services because of, like you said, you know, they might not have half a million dollars or five million dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What is it that you do for your clients?
2: We first, we sit down and find out what's important to them. We want to know what their goals and objectives are, but we also want to know what their fears are. So everything, you know, we try to understand where they are, what they would like to accomplish with their life. And then we customize a plan that can be as simple as, you know, one or two or three goals at a time, or it could be a more comprehensive plan and it's their choice, how, how much they want to have, but we will then, you know, hold their hand along the way with the customized approach.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about your uh, team. Who's on the team? What do they do? What give me all the details?
2: Well, I, I, it our, on our team. You're looking at the two uh, financial advisors on, on the team. So I've been in the business a little bit over 20 years. As I mentioned earlier, that this is a second career for me, uh, it's also a second career for Allison, but uh, I am a CFP. Uh, of course, I began my career as a CPA which kind of proves that I can add and subtract the, but I am a certified financial planner. I picked up an MBA along the way before I got into this business. And I'm going to let Allison tell you a little bit about herself in a minute, but I'm going to also tell you about our assistant, Katie Hammock, a little shout out to Katie, who is extremely valuable. She has been with me for almost 20 years as well. So, um, since she got out of college. Uh, she is quite valuable also. And then Allison, tell you a little bit nice. about your so, background. So
3: like dad said, I am new. This is my second career, but I have a background. I studied French literature in college. And um, then I got a master's in education and a master's in educational leadership. Since I'm not in education anymore, I have continued to study and take my SIE. Series seven, series 66 exam, and I will start working on my CFP soon.
1: Awesome. So I'm wondering, can you say, have a lovely day in French for me? <laughs> Passing bonne journée. Oh, so. <laughs> love it. All right. Um, let's talk about new clients. How do you go about getting new clients?
2: The bulk of our business in the last five or 10 years has come from word of mouth, natural markets, people that we socialize with, uh, meet and greet and and so forth. So we, because I don't, we don't, I really like to work with people I like more than anything <laughs> else. That's, That's the, the biggest, the biggest qualification to work with us historically has been do we like one another, and and you're not a jerk, and so therefore, you know if I can be of help to you, maybe we can work together. I, I've never really liked the idea of being exclusionary and saying you have to have X number of assets to work with us. But with our new business model that we're, we're launching as part of our practice, it opens the world to who, Allison.
3: Anyone and everyone, as long as they want some hand-holding, navigating financial complexities, we will work with them. Um, I, having a background in education, really want to work with teachers. Um, That's a group of people that I feel like have been left out of financial services, really, for a long time. Um, And I think they have some complexities of their own. That they would need help navigating
2: and and particularly here in Alabama I think most teachers really have no real good idea of how their retirement system works and what they what it provides for them and doesn't and so they they spend 25 or 30 years in the classroom and then they get ready to retire and then they find out what they have and don't have that's not the way to do it.
1: No, you spend 25 yeah. years keeping your fingers crossed, right? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Let's talk a little bit about your business or investment philosophy.
2: On, on investment philosophy, I'm of the belief that every client's strategies and goals, you have two things. We have goals that we're trying to achieve. Uh, with our investments, we also have a tolerance for risk and how, when we have market volatility, uh, for instance, we, we recently have had a, probably the most significant bear market since the great recession of, of 2008. And so everyone's tolerance for risk is, is different. So we customize our investment approach for each client to a try to achieve the goals that they need to make their investments work to their advantage and achieve what they want and b within the uh, their ability to sleep well at night so so that's kind of our in a nutshell our investment philosophy we do have some sub issues that i am a believer that we have principles in our life and um there's certain things that are important and so for example I'll just throw it out here i'm a nearly 26 year sobriety recovering alcoholic
1: congratulations and
2: and so thank you it's interesting to me and and if you just take note of this i'm not a, a prude about about drinking or or whatever it it was not good for me uh, but i don't necessarily think that everybody should not drink, but the alcohol industry profits off of people that have problems. About 80% of alcohol consumption is from the top two deciles of, of, of adults that drink. And if you look at advertisements for uh, alcohol on television, it makes drinking look very sexy, attractive, fun. And that, that, Their profit margins are coming from the people where it's not sexy, attractive, or fun, but they're trying to, to keep them doing that. That I understand. I get it. And if I were managing one of those companies, which I would never do, but if I were, that's what I would do as well. A lot of the funds I invest in avoid alcohol companies. And so have some principles about doing that so i'm of the belief that there's ways to invest that make the world a better place rather than exploiting vulnerable people so i don't i i personally in my own household will not invest in com in funds that invest in alcohol or tobacco companies not that people have don't have the freedom to do that but i believe that that there's other places that your investment dollars can go that can make the world a better place. Just looking so, for
1: the right fit for you.
2: That, and that's for me. Yeah. Um, I ask my clients or our clients if that's important to them when they come on board with us, uh, because I will in, invest, you know, our job is to help the client invest their money. It's not They're not giving me their money to invest for them necessarily. So I think it's important from, from that standpoint to apply those principles.
1: Yeah, I like it. So let's get out of the office. Let's, let's talk a little fun, a little fun. What do you, what do you do for fun when you're not working? How about you, Allison?
3: So I'm a new mom. Got a little nine-month-old at Uh home, little
1: girl. Congratulations. Um,
3: Thank you. So we are enjoying spending time as a new family and getting to explore the world with her. She's definitely got a sense of curiosity. She's like a little engineer right now and just wants to explore and wants to be wherever she's not currently. She is
1: keeping us on our toes. (laughs) All right. How about you, Jack?
2: Well, and as and I remember when Allison was nine months old, and there there's no such thing as more than all of your time. So as as new parents, that is very consuming to them. We are blessed that Allison and her husband, Adrian, and our new first granddaughter, Laura, live literally about eight or ten minutes away from us. So mm-hmm. we are blessed to be able to see our granddaughter Near
3: probably like every almost day.
2: every day. a little bit and my wife and i've waited a long time to be grandparents so we are having a ball with that but it's also things that are important to to us i i believe you know being in my 60s it's important to take advantage of fitness opportunities to keep healthy and and keep moving so we are. My wife and I are also involved in um, the fitness community. Uh, we're involved with a local gym, um, and Allison and 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 Adrian are as well. Shout out to Iron Tribe Fitness yeah. in Homewood, Alabama, <laughs> who, um, where my wife and I have been there twelve years, and you've been there eleven. I've been
3: there for eleven years, and Adrian's been there for
2: since y'all four got Four make- years. Yes. Yeah. So so anyway, that's very important. And then um, the other thing that we like to do, my wife and I like to do, is travel. Uh, She retired after 38 years in the pharmaceutical industry, and she retired five years ago. And so we travel. We've decided we will have 20 years or so, 25 years to see the world. And we're trying to take the the world up on that. So we travel. Yeah. Usually two or three trips or maybe more a year.
1: Good for you. What are, uh, what are some of the amazing places that you've visited?
2: We just got back a few weeks ago from Italy, Malta, Greece, and Turkey. And, and it was a, um, part, most of it was a cruise, but probably the most fascinating thing we saw was, uh, in Turkey going to um, an ancient city called Ephesus, uh, which has a a fair amount of biblical history to it. And both John and Paul spent a great deal of time after the crucifixion of Christ there, but it was an amazing city of about a quarter million people at the time of Christ. And the ruins there are unbelievable and just their magnificence. Um, uh, but just ha- how much have been preserved. It's just amazing.
1: It does. It sounds amazing. Uh, next time you go on one of those trips, let me know. I'm going to hide in your suitcase. Okay. okay.
2: <laughs> well, next month we're going to South Africa on safari. So
1: oh, I've heard so many amazing things about that. You're going to need lots of room in your phone for pictures yes <laughs> okay so if you had all of the money in the world what would you do? I want
3: to travel like my parents travel right. so I would not spending <laughs>
2: live- their inheritance actually
3: <laughs> yeah I would not live rather extravagantly I would still live how I live now but I would travel more often when my husband and I got married we said, we wanted to show our children the world. Um, so that's a goal of ours and hopefully one day we'll be able to make that happen.
2: Yeah. I'm sure you will. And, um, if I, had, I've always said that if I won one of like the mega million lottery or, or Powerball or something like that, the most fun aspect of that, I don't think it would change my life a great deal. Uh, because I, I live rather, I mean, I, I love my life. I, I think, I'm very happy and satisfied with my wife. Uh, we, as a matter of fact, my wife and I just celebrated yesterday, our 40th winning anniversary.
1: Wow. It
2: was, um, I'm very content. However, I think the fun thing with that would be to see how I could structure things to give away a lot of that money in a way that would truly be impactful to making other people's lives better. Would I do a few indulgencies? I don't know, probably, but, um, but I don't think that it would be extravagant and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a fleet of cars and, and, and I, that sort of thing. I think it would be fun to see what kind of impact you can make in the lives of others.
1: Okay. Tell me one thing that you recommend most to clients, family, and friends.
2: You've heard this from me have, all your life.
3: Yeah, to live within your means.
1: Oh, well, that's no fun.
2: I know. That's <laughs> no, a, it's a quite a simple concept, but the it's so important because I have tried to work with with folks before that have dug themselves into hole with with debt, and that is a it, it's. First of all, it creates a, a great deal of anxiety and it it, it is um, self-destructive in, in so many ways. And so if you can live within your means along the way, I think it allows you to, you know, and you, you know, uh, you may look at others and say, well, how are they doing this? You know, how are they doing that? Uh, it doesn't matter.
1: So one final question that I have is, can you tell us one thing that most people don't know about you, Allison?
3: Um, I met with a wedding planner and selected a venue before my husband even proposed. Oh,
1: <laughs> but you were dating him. We
3: were dating um, and <laughs> and he we were on vacation and I wanted a destination wedding. And he said on our little date night, before he had to fly back to come back to work, he said, "Yeah, we could get married here or on a beach near Tampa, um, which is where he grew up." And I'm not a beach girl; I'm a mountain girl. And so we put him on a plane to come back to work, and we went and met with a wedding planner and we, booked a venue.
2: We were on a ski trip at the time. <laughs> so did
1: you, did he know about this before the proposal?
2: I, I don't remember. I don't
3: remember if he but. But after we got engaged, I did say, "Oh, we've got a venue."
2: Actually, actually, <laughs> Allison had dreamed of getting married there before there was even Adrian in the picture. True. Before she ever met him, a sure. lot
1: of a lot of women have that. Yes. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah.
2: you know, I think going back to probably when you were a teenager, yeah. you said, "This is where I want to get married."
3: Yeah. So. so Oh, yeah. So it was fun. Jump the gun a little bit, but a little work.
1: bit. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so Jack, what about you?
2: I'd, I'd say probably the thing that most people, that, you know, that interact with me on a day-to-day basis don't know is probably about my recovery with, with alcohol, you know, with almost 26 years of sobriety. It's proven to be very successful with most of my clients do know, because it's amazing to me how many families are affected by by drug and alcohol, and the fact that they can talk with me about my experiences and, and how they may be dealing with a a a child or a, a, a I haven't had too much with with a spouse, but I've had where where clients talk about their their parents or siblings or children that have struggled with, with this. And it's a, um, it's a, it's a tough journey for that. So probably my recovery journey.
1: It's been very fascinating and interesting to get to know the two of you. And I appreciate you taking the time.
2: Well, thank thank you. Thank you, Wendy.
1: And how can people get in touch with you?
2: They can reach Allison at,
1: um, my cell phone number
3: two zero five 504-9868
2: or mine is 205-613-4994 and um our office number is 205-510-9072 Do you so have a we
1: website would... that people can visit?
2: Shot my head. I don't know what it is. So <laughs> on our next episode Wendy you can ask us that yes. and we'll okay. be better prepared.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell thank you for
0: listening to the bamcam podcast with jack burnett and allison castellano from rfg advisory click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available visit our website at rfgadvisorywealth.com jack burnett or give us a call at 205-510-9072 and don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available
4: content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Information here may be provided in part by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guest nor our FG advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest, They do not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory LLC. RFG Advisory or RFG. A registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.